I love episode four of Why Art Thou is here. Yes, it's still your boy, Simeon Taylor, and we're back again with the old so ab fab Radu, which he's now looking at me in anger because he still wants to be referred to as plushy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, rewind, rewind. <laughs> and I'm back in the beautiful presence of Crispin Classy, aka Cat Nicks and Plushy. Welcome back, guys. Hi, y'all. Hi, love. Hi, uh, love. Yes. We've <laughs> been practicing. Trademark that right now. Boom. How are you doing anyway? Well, very well, thank you. Blessed to be back. Yeah. Yeah, it's lovely to be back. We're great. I feel like we spent the last week trying to perfect our podcast performances. I really missed Why Aren't Thou? You want to repeat that? That was like your northern it. accent, cat. Why Aren't Thou? <laughs> no, that's shit. I'm sorry. Back with the haggis. Back with the haggis. How have you been? What have you been up to? Apart from planning for your Australia trip. Yeah. So. Oh, where are you up to on that? Basically, no, I don't want to talk about that trip. I want to talk about Crispin Clancy. I want to talk about me again. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I want <laughs> No, so basically it's it's been uh, really busy since we last saw you. It's been fun busy though. So we, sorry, I'm getting a burp coming soon. One sec. Ah, there we go. Okay, so that was the most feminine burp ever. <laughs> it kind of went in, not out. It was like <laughs> instead of yeah, <laughs> you swallow it for the extra flavor back. Give me that back. It was more like a suck burp. <laughs> yeah, literally, keep it in, keep it classy. Close out your ass. I think it's in Japan where, like, if you burp after being served a meal, it's a compliment towards the chef that it was they you really enjoyed the meal. Really, and you really liked it. Yeah. Amazing. So are you in a five-star restaurant and you have this amazing chef who just cooked you dinner? (laughs) I'm doing a burp and then a fart. Sack the reviews. Just give the burp and a fart. (laughs) What were we talking about before the burps? Oh, yeah. So we have finally released two remixes of our debut single, Suffocate. And... (gasps) We are so excited. It's by two uh, producers that we admire and that we cherish a lot, both as friends and as fellow musicians. First one is uh, Baby Baby, which is actually also, yeah, Baby Baby Baby, which is actually also um, into a lot of like video making, amazingly talented people. And then there's also Rooks, that is our lovely, beautiful friend, Jen. Well, she actually kind of inspired a whole section in the last episode, hasn't she? When we were talking about music industry and the struggles and how there's Mm. so many things that people actually don't speak about. Because before I even started this podcast, I would have conversations with people and I would watch documentaries and read the newspaper and I write all these notes on my phone about these could be really good potential topics to speak in a podcast about. And then when we actually met with her, she was touching on a lot of interesting things that are mm-hmm. happening in the music industry that no one's really speaking about. And obviously me not being in the music industry, it was interesting to just listen to the whole conversation. And you guys was there like agreeing with what she was saying. Mm. And it was interesting because none of you, and obviously, especially you, Pushy, have never spoken about it to me before. So it was obviously just new information, but it was also interesting to see how you was all going through the same thing collectively as A well. A bunch of musicians just talking mm-hmm. about their struggles, yeah. Yeah, and if someone knows the struggle and how to go about all this, it's uh, it's Rooks, basically. And we are so happy to have her in our life 
and she's been so helpful. Yeah, we cherish her very, very, very highly. Mm-hmm. Love you, Roxy. Hey. Hey, and you also remixed a song of hers as well. Yes, correct. So we remixed her song from her latest album called New Lovers. New Lovers. Yes. And <laughs> now she has remixed Suffocate. And we're very excited. And it's an absolute banger as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, mate. <laughs> it's available on Spotify. Yes, it's available where all music are sold. HMV? Available at HMV? It's available on all digital uh, streaming platforms. Correction, SARS. Um, so episode three uh, went down really well and we're back again episode four. This one we're going to be touching on a bit of sustainable fashion, female genital mutilation and other ins and outs that's happening in the world that need a bit more attention. Mm-hmm. So... Let's get shit going, shall we? Yeah. Yeah, as Pitbull says, <laughs> on, <laughs> dot, tres, lego. Scrap the topics. The topics are now just catnicks. Yes. Autobiography. Also, also, oh, only me, 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 me. Wait, I think there's something else. Oh, she's still going. About yeah. how I've been. Sars. I love talking about myself. Um, I know. We can tell. <laughs> really? <laughs> Shut up. Get out of town. Babe. Well, lucky, I, Babe. Yeah, if you love talking about yourself, you should be on a fucking podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, As you are. So, I've actually spent a lot of money lately. I know, right? Money. No, I would just say I'd love to share with you my financial uh, shopaholic issues. Okay, you carry on then. No, that's that's just all I oh, to say. We can judge okay. you in a later <laughs> section in the podcast. Yeah, it's just, it's just a cl- an official cliffhanger. I thought you was going to go on to say how much money you spent, no, what you bought, no, 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 no. the whole experience. No. Let's just say it's got a few medusas on it. <gasps> ah. This is custom made, Donatella. It's Sachi, me darling. <coughs> discounted, discounted. That's okay. Outlet. <laughs> Anywho, how's Plushy been? Plushy has had a Britney Spears moment this week. (laughs) I've shaved my head and I just want to tell everyone that it's such a liberating experience. And I know I say this every single time, but not having hair on your head is just incredibly freeing and i recommend it to everyone who has the smallest impulse to um or has had the smallest impulse to shave their head to just go for it it's great look at me i'm a changed man (laughs) (laughs) right i miss your hair though you're glowing babe i i love a good beard like i love a good beard yeah shave your head but keep the fucking beard you know i mean it's not enough though i mean it grows from one week to another i'm very hashtag blessed unintended um <laughs> to have a lot of uh, facial hair but even if you don't it's cool go for it go S- for it no Simeon, regrets simian what's your preference like your boy with the uh proper like thick sassy beard or your your boyfriend looking like a boy <laughs> i mean i'm not really fussed because at the end of the day he's blessed where he can change his hair he has that True. luxury where he can, but he's, like I always say to him as well, there's not much I can do with my hair because I have curly hair. Whereas he can change his hair and have different hairstyles within two weeks. He can have three different hairstyles. So he's blessed for that. So it's going to come back. 
His beard's gonna grow back because he's a my mom always hairy says, motherfucker. You know, never feel sorry about nails and hair. They always That's grow back. True. And money. <clears throat> she said that as well. And money. Don't worry yeah, about money. She has the same the same attitude towards money. Money comes and goes. And I'm sorry that I called you a boy plushie. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. I don't believe in gender. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So you had your debut release with your head shave when we went to a sustainable fashion event. We did, mm-hmm. yes. Where was it, it? It was in Shoreditch. So obviously she got there and we was like, oh, it's Simeon plus plushie. And she was like, oh, you have a plus two. Is it just two of you? And I was like, yeah. I was like, that's really annoying because obviously I wanted cats to come anyway. Anyway. Well, don't worry. I was there in spirit. Exactly. And yes. it wouldn't, to be honest, you didn't actually miss out on much. Because <laughs> right? okay. I was going to say that, but I thought don't put any, any negative energy out there. But <laughs> No, I mean, it was like critique. It was showing designers that use sustainable fashion. Mm. There were some really good pieces, but there was nothing explained. So when people was coming down the runway, they wasn't saying, oh, this bag is made from like 100% cotton from organic farms. And this girl who was showcasing accessories made through bottle caps. Oh, yeah. We actually spent a few minutes um, asking her about the product. And that was the only brand that we actually knew what they were standing, what they stood for and what, mm-hmm. was, what it was about. Because everything else was just... It was up, just a fashion show. Went down the catwalk, back into the backstage, and you've left with no extra knowledge about what mm-hmm. is happening in the industry or what that brand was representing or anything like that. So, question from someone who wasn't there. So, there was no f- information anywhere, not even after the show or anything, of like, oh, so this collection was made with... No? No, there was no... There was, well, that's sad. So this event was sponsored by Absolute Vodka, which I thought was going to be make it a good event because there was like money. Like be- Drag Race. This podcast is brought to you by Absolute Vodka. So I thought it was going to be a lot more powerful than it was. And basically after the show, there was certain models that were stood around wearing each designer's clothing. And I seen a few people go up to them, but he was asking the models questions. It wasn't actual the designers that was there to answer the questions, which was yet again, Good point. a missed opportunity mm. for someone to explain how mm. we're impacting the world really badly on fashion. And I feel like... As a designer, if you are into that whole sustainable fashion thing, which is amazing, I don't understand why you wouldn't want to be there and share how you created these clothes or how you... Oh, that's sad. But it I was feel a like, missed opportunity, definitely. Yeah. yeah. The designers, they were around when we first got there. But I feel like if you do have a brand that you're showcasing at an event of this type, right, you really want to scream about your product, right? Mm. You really want to make people aware that you have a brand that is so woke and so sustainable and that you're changing the industry. So you really want to express yourself on that level and you want to make people listen to you. So Mm. I feel like if I was the designer of one of these brands, I would have gone and said, hi, I'm a designer tonight. You know, kind of like we kind of like what we do. Yeah, you move around the room. You welcome people into into the space and you make them feel comfortable and you project your knowledge and whatever it is that you do onto them. Your passion, your passion. Yeah. And that's what it is because at the moment, the fashion industry doesn't have enough products that are made from sustainable materials. So what you want to do is be spreading that message because people are very aware of what they can kind of do or there's certain things out there and that the message about sustainability in the fashion industry right now is important. So if you're in a room full of potential people that you can convince, I feel like it's such a platform that you have and you're just completely missing it. Agreed. And like, to me, I'm I'm not a fashion designer at all, but write me if I'm wrong, but I'm thinking like the fashion industry is definitely not a sustainable industry. The mm. fashion industry is the second largest pollutant in the world just after the oil industry. 
Wow. And the environment and damage is just increasing as the industry grows. Mm. But there's just one last thing I want to say the, about this event last night. I, I, first, firstly, I really wanted to have that moment, you know, when you go to a fashion show and then you do an Instagram story. <laughs> And then everyone, everyone sees that you've been to a fashion show. You're, such you're an just like, slut. oh my god, you're living so much. It's like, oh, I've made it to my first fashion show, and so many people are watching my story, and they can oh, yeah, see me in the audience. And I'm all of a sudden a much more important human being. So I was really very much looking forward to that moment. It was gooning. I was just it. gagging for that <laughs> moment. Did you people... get that moment? Did we fuck? Well, did I? Did I not? I don't know. I guess you'll have to watch my story and find out but <laughs> I mean, he got it when he was eating glass off the stage <laughs> what i wanted to say was that i had two drinks and i was off my tits because you know what i'm like he's a cheap drunk and which is amazing for me paper. i had my paper <laughs> cup my empty paper cup in my hand with a paper straw and i was going towards okay, yeah, the yeah, bin yeah, yeah. i was going towards the bin to dispose my paper cup with my paper straw inside well, wait, 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 wait 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 <laughs> this was all paper <laughs> it was all paper you guys no plastic straws no plastic straws i repeat <laughs> and i'm <laughs> getting closer and closer to the bins and one of the bins says general waste the other one says recycle what what did it say mixed recycling. recyclables mixed recycling mixed. yeah mixed like a mixed race babe yes like you uh <laughs> and i get closer and closer and closer and as i look inside the mixed recycling bin. There was a bunch of food. <laughs> there was a bunch of lemons. There was a bunch of non-recyclable materials. There was a bunch of fingers. Tampons. Let's just say, let's just say the bin was not just for recyclable materials. So I feel like that was really a slap in the face when oh. you're at a... That topped you off the edge. It really did. I fell off my cliff. Get me um, out of here. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> It was just, yeah, extremely anticlimaxing mm -hmm. to be at a sustainable fashion event where people are not recycling. Very uh, double standards, no? Yeah, completely. Mm. I just want to say thank you for that true invitation for the event because obviously I don't want to sound very ungrateful. Yeah, I was just completely. giving critique on based on my expectations versus reality. I wish I was there. I'll, I'll come to the next one. You don't. After that story, did you know that? Why would you still want to be there? I feel because like it's great. You, <laughs> still, putting together a, a fashion event with only sustainable fashion, that's obviously amazing. Mm hmm Mm -hmm. And yes, maybe they could have done it more this or less that, but it's a good start. It's better than no sustainable fashion show at all. Exactly. Very and true. Very true. You've literally just made me feel really guilty about literally right. slating the whole show. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so, it should yeah. be slated. Sauce. But what I feel people <laughs> need to understand is that, yes, we have to appreciate the initiative mm. because it's a great thing to do. Mm -hmm. And this is where the, the fashion industry should be going to. But at Agreed. the same time, if you will organize an event like this, you have to remember why you're actually doing it. Mm. So mm -hmm. moving on, fast fashion is basically a term that describes cheap designs moving quickly from catwalks to stores in order to capture and create new trends. Mm -hmm. So obviously you've got companies like Zara, H&M, mm -hmm. Topshop, which are doing between 24 and 36 mm -hmm. collections yeah. a year. Even like Pretty Little Things, all these like standard... Fashion Nova. I saw it first that are selling products like five pounds, so cheap. They're the most worst things that you could buy for, potentially. But obviously as a consumer, what you want to do is buy the cheapest products. My question is, why are we so consumed and obsessed with fashion? Why do, why do you like fashion, Kat? Because I find it, as with music, as an amazing 
way of expressing myself. I feel like it's part of being me and I just love to use it as a way of expressing myself and being me. Maybe I'm not the right person to ask about this because I love vintage, right? And I guess vintage is a sort of like sustainable way of, of investing in fashion and buying clothes and stuff. But I mean, of course, if I... I have to be honest, I, I am a bit allergic to the whole way of going into Zara or going into H&M and finding something that you actually like and, and buy it. I'm like, every time I do that, I feel bad, but I still do it. You know what I mean? Because I still buy it. We don't find it bad because we don't actually physically see what it's doing to the world because it's obviously not impacting really our country. It's impacting, obviously, you've got countries like India, um, Bangladesh, where there's literally pollutions of water. So, like, obviously, at the factories that they're making these clothes, they're literally just pumping gallons and gallons and gallons of water into the rivers. And obviously, mm. if you go follow the rivers down, you've got, like, loads of villages. Uh, for starters, they use it to wash in. So you're putting all these, like, really strong, powerful chemicals. Mm. Even, like, chlorine bleach is being put in there. But the, the thing is, the, the whole process is actually extremely dangerous prefabrication. So the, all the cotton plantations in India, they use so much pesticides that people who actually live around a plantation started to have mutations. Exactly. I was just going to say, like, you know, we should obviously not forget about the manpower, the human resources that obviously do not get, first of all, paid enough. And secondly the humans who doesn't even have anything to do with these factories who lives around them who gets affected as well like should obviously not forget about the humans and the animals either yeah that's what i mean because it filters down all the way through it's a yeah. weird cycle because it goes from it's a man-made thing which like i was saying then gets pumped into the rivers that they use that as drinking water they clean with it they bathe in it they wash their clothes in it so they're constantly being affected and then you've got it gets pumped into the ocean and it's spreaded worldwide, which then obviously filters down to the fish that we eat, which then just goes back into our body. So it's a cycle. It's a kind of a karma cycle in the fact yeah. of we're causing these issues and we're then eating, slightly eating these issues, which is in the long run damaging us. And why? Because we all want to express ourselves you know so i feel like that's that's something to think about yes i want to express myself but expressing myself doesn't necessarily translate through what you're putting on yourself you yeah know, what it yeah. looks like mm. i feel like that is something that we care where need to think about it very very carefully because you also express yourself with the thought process that you have in choosing what you're wearing that's that's another way of expressing <clears throat> yourself yeah but the problem here is like the first world countries and the second and third world countries, there's such a massive gap in between there. And I don't think us in the first world countries can ever, 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 ever imagine how it affects other people if we, or the nature or all of it, like mm -hmm. if we go to H&M and buy a cheap t-shirt, like, you know, we just can't think that far, even though you might see videos or that obviously affects you, but after a couple of months, you've forgotten all about it and go to H&M again and buy another one. Exactly. Because that's what I mean. You're not physically seeing the damage that it's doing because you're just thinking yeah. of buying a five pound black t-shirt, which is probably made in a factory and very, very quickly and simply. And there's not much pollution involved in that, but there is, and it falls all the way back down the line. I remember like with school, we went to India and we were there for three weeks and we were doing like, what's it called? Like our final essays. Um, in India yeah in India Amazing. long story short yeah it was like yeah 
Who are you? <laughs> who the who the hell am I? A good it was amazing. It was like you know the best one of the best journeys I've ever uh, made, and like here I here I sit more than ten years later, and it's still like on my top three list. And you were so affected by everything going on around you. And when I got home from that trip back to Sweden, I was like, what the hell are we doing here in Sweden, in the first world countries? I was like, I'm not going to go into a mall and buy shit. Like, I'm not going to do that. It feels weird. It feels bad. It feels, I feel like shit. But unfortunately, and I, I'm really, I feel really bad for admitting this and I feel like a horrible person, but like you unfortunately very easily get back into the same routine again. Mm, unfortunately like yeah even though i've been there and i've seen it with my own eyes so how do we you know sort of decrease that gap you know i don't know if you can completely get off it but it's like social media right Mm. when when you find yourself being a lot on facebook or instagram and you're scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and sometimes you come across stuff that's particularly designed for you yeah yeah and you just find yourself through yeah we uh, you were talking about this uh, on your other episodes right exactly and you find yourself just liking stuff that you don't even like you're just liking and liking and liking and liking and liking without even realizing what you're liking it's the same when we live in and I'm doing a bunch of, bu- I'm making a bunch of bunnies right now with my fingers, quotation marks, <laughs> quotation marks. <laughs> in this like first world countries. It's like we get bombarded with so much information and so many new trends in bunnies again. That's I mean, there's so, so many much trends. Consumption information that it's good to just take a step, step back. Mm. So don't be on that social media of the big city of the first world country, you know, take a step back and think about whether you actually need that second t-shirt whether you actually need that second pair of trainers no you don't and i feel like that's extremely selfish because by making yourself feel better through buying that one pair of trainers you are affecting 100 200 people in Mm -hmm. a different country these brands are also making you think that if you buy this you'll feel better also it is that easy in my opinion Agreed. To make that conscious mm. decision. It's easier said than done, though, because, yeah. I mean, I feel like I've never seen myself as a trendy person. I've always been like that vintage gal who just wants to buy all those, like, vintage fringe jackets on Etsy or on eBay, <laughs> you know? I just love that shit. And I'm, pr- I'm, I'm proud of it. I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but when I go to Kat's house and <laughs> she opens the laptop and we're on Safari or whatever internet browser that she's using, she's got, like, 50 tabs on, like, eBay. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> that just gives me anxiety when I open someone's laptop. I'm like, what are you doing? Chat to Jacket, black jacket, <laughs> green jacket, long fringes, short All with fringes, fringes. <laughs> fringes on the back, fringes on the sleeve, or with the fur trim as well, preferably. Um, and I've always been like, no, I don't like trends; they're boring. I don't want to look like anyone else. Blah blah blah. But whether you like it or not, like, it gets into your brain anyways, and suddenly you find yourself. Let's say it's trendy wearing chunky trainers. Tomorrow, like I'm like, oh yeah, I want to get myself one of those like chunky trainers. I'm like, wait, what? This is wait, is this me? Or is it just my, you know, because it's easier said than done. I find yeah. myself sometimes that I'm like, oh, I like this. It looks cool. And then I'm like, oh, but do I? Is it do just I, because it's I a trend and they've like been this? like indoctrinating my brain? 
You know what yeah, I mean? They are. <laughs> they are. Yeah. I but know. I think that's exactly. also the thing with fast fashion because it's so fast and it's so cheap to buy, and you're constantly seeing it not only on social media or on billboards, you're also seeing it then on people. So it's mm. all it's in your face, it's in your face, and in your face, and you're you thinking, can't get out I need it. to get that. I'm seeing it all the time, and then you see it online at a discounted price. I feel like what people need to remember is the fact that all these pop stars or rap stars or trap stars or rock stars that we see on Instagram, they get all this shit for free. They don't pay for any of it. It comes from stylists or it comes from brands that want to make more money and get more popularity through these people. Sponsorships. That's what it is. So you, by buying it, you are not actually becoming the pop star that you want to be by buying those trainers. And you not just say... Little Mix, Cardi B, all these people that are doing these collaborations with these... Fashion over, baby. Just stop, you guys. Pop stars should be idols. Pop stars should change the world, make it a better place. Stop associating yourselves, putting your faces on these massively polluting companies that are producing billions of pieces in a year. Just go There's buy madness. just go buy a suede fringe jacket from Cat Next Limited instead. Exactly. <laughs> um, um. Well, when you get your Christmas classy merch, you have to make sure it's sustainable. Christmas yes, classy merch obviously. will be a hundred percent sustainable and I already have the uh, an idea. I think we should just find t shirts that people don't want. Yes. And just spit on them. <laughs> And come on them, <laughs> and urinate on them, and urinate and, and be, and it would be on so them. on brand. <laughs> and whoever's into sniffing and all that would be extremely, extremely but that's, happy. And, hey, that's the thing. This what you just mentioned, plush. Hey, is, this is oh, <laughs> <Sorry>. hey, hey, <laughs> Boy, oh, but hey, hey, no, but, Boy. <laughs> hey, Arnold. Uh, no, but Rady, what? Uh, sorry, plushy. What you just said is actually kind of like already happening. I can't remember who told me this or if I found it somewhere. Like, you know, at festival where they sell merch and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm, I love festivals. Yeah, you can bring your own old tea or your own like jumper or whatever, and they'll basically print, uh, do do screen print. Like, yeah. oh, you want a Which... um, Crispin Classy logo on this yeah. one? Okay, cool. That'll be twenty quid. Here you go. So basically, you don't buy a new jumper with the Christmas yeah. classy logo on yeah. it. You exactly. So it's kind of it's already amazing. happening, which is an amazing That's idea. Super yeah. Yeah. Um so let's just go on to like a few things. So we'll just speak about the impact that fashion is having on the world. So it's 75 million people in the world are working to create clothes. 80% of them are women between the ages of 18 and 35, but the majority of these people who make the clothes for the global market live in poverty. So they're unable to afford the basic life necessities themselves. Many are subject to exploitation, verbal and physical abuse. They, they work in unsafe conditions, dirty conditions, and they're paid pretty much way less than minimum wage. So we're going to speak specifically the impacts that fast fashion have on the world. So we have water pollution, water consumption, microfibers in our oceans, waste accumulation, chemicals addiction, greenhouse gases, and rainforest destruction. What is chemical addiction? What do you mean by that? So like you were saying before, the people that are doing, were you saying cotton? Yeah. Oh, so they're then getting addicted to the chemicals that they're working with. Okay. Yeah. So Wow, um, I didn't even addi- think yeah. that could be a thing, but yeah. Basically, there was a pharmaceutical company and all the people who lived close to their factory basically got ill and mm. most of them died or uh, the women got miscarriages it's also similar in India, like I was saying, the women that also live around 
the factories as well, they was also having issues with pregnancy. It mm. was causing mental health issues. It was causing skin irritation, skin rashes. So yeah, it, it's a real ass thing happening out here. Mm. I was recently watching a documentary on BBC iPlayer and it was called... Fashion for Fashion. Extravaganza. Linda Evangelista Fashion. It was called Breaking Fashion. And basically, you know, like the clothing brand, I saw it first, which is funny because Ella, that was on the first two episodes of the podcast, she's like a brand ambassador for them. Mm-hmm. And basically, oh. it's like a pretty little thing. It's like pretty little things, fashion over. It's like that type of brand, you know, like very low cost, sells to the mass very, very fast. So it's like a documentary based upon them and the, pretty much the offices and the factory, which is based in Manchester, mm. on six one, And basically, it's... In the intro to every single episode, the CEO is saying, oh, we're such a sustainable brand, blah, blah, blah. But not um, not one episode have we ever seen them say how they're sustainable. Because obviously the packaging is not recyclable. And I looked on a website actually, and the only thing that's to do with sustainability is they will do a scheme where if you recycle 10 of your clothes, you'll get like a 20% discount off your next purchase. Mm, which that's in good. A, I think it's... Mm, I don't know, because no. yeah, again, it's enforcing you to buy something because well, if you're yeah. getting 20% off and you're already paying £5 for a pair of shorts, you're then encouraged to buy 10 more, 10 well, more items. It's a bit like, double standard then. Yeah, so okay, you, yeah. you're not really okay. helping the environment whatsoever. If yeah. it was to say maybe we could... You're not walking the talk. Yeah. H&M had this campaign with like fishing nets a while back and they were picking these fishing nets apart and they were mm-hmm. producing this like new type of nylon that was extremely sustainable and they made a bunch of beautiful dresses out of these fishing nets fabrics and it was all like blah 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 that was blah, like blah. a bunch of bullshit but at the same time they're also producing 200 other pieces that are not out they are not made out of sustainable fabrics mm. right yeah so this is exactly what this company that I've never heard of is doing, and I'm glad that I haven't. But I mean, in a way, at least they're trying. You know what I mean? I know, like, well, there's, there's no not, way, there's no, no. Way, like, for, for start, there's, I, I don't agree with the H&M because H&M is one of the worst places to buy for in terms of fashion as it is. But I'm saying, if there is companies that are trying to bring out new collections that are using sustainable materials, you shouldn't condemn them for the other things that they use. Yeah. What do you mean you shouldn't? Of course you should. Listen to me because like I get it because as a business, you can't just use new materials because new these new sustainable materials are really expensive until the mass of population starts buying these new sustainable clothing. That's when the price will go down because it'd be easier to produce them. But it's already easy to produce them. It's not as fast to produce them. That is the only difference. It's not like it's costing H&M more billions of euros to come up with these new fabrications that are 100% recyclable and sustainable. No. It's a conscious choice of H&M without cutting the, the costs, right? Yeah. To simply advertise one minor collection in their production as a sustainable collection and to confuse people and make, t- make them believe that even though I still buy H&M and I'm associated with this company, I'm now a better person. I'm contributing towards changing the world from this point of view. But in reality, 90% of the rest of H&M's production is still... Criminal. Compl- is still completely non-sustainable. Yeah. Think enough. about it. Yeah, I'll let you think about yeah. that. Oh, think about it. Okay, so jeans is the worst thing to buy for. So for starters, if you're thinking, how can I help... Don't buy jeans because it's the worst thing that you can do right now. Takes 
1,800 gallons of water to make one pair of jeans. There's literally lakes, rivers that have dried out because it's all being pumped into making new that's crazy new clothes yeah and in regards to that if i may you may (laughs) i've been working for denim companies in the past one of them being levi's who was the first like big brand who made jeans basically when you look back at their history they've got a fascinating history and which reminds you also of the reason the sort of like usage of jeans back in the days. They were used by people in America working in the mines because they lasted for so long. Well, yeah, right? this, is, this is one of the solutions that they're saying. You're really you selling sh- this to me, Cat, right now. <laughs> you should Listen, buy like, good quality. Yeah, exactly. So you bought a pair of jeans, you had them for the rest of your life. How sustainable is that, right? Yeah. And so you bought them unwashed and you worked with them in the mines. It w- But then, then... They became fashion. And then, uh, like Fucking denim fashion. companies like Levi's, um, Lee, Wrangler, there's loads of other more brands now, but they were like one of all of these that I just mentioned mm-hmm. are like were like the first ones. And then it became fashion. And these brands realized, oh, shit. Oh, they want different like washes. They want different shades. They want different yada-da-da. And then we get to what you just said as being like buying jeans today is not sustainable because what the customer are asking for today, unfortunately, the denim companies have to go along with this. And you sell the same style denim in fucking three, four, five, six, ten, twenty different shades because that's what the customer wants. Mm-hmm. We've become more spoiled today, whereas back in the days, you bought a pair of jeans, they were unwashed, and then you faded them themselves. It was like a part of wearing a pair of jeans, using a pair of jeans. You're like, oh, now they're lighter than they were two years ago when I first bought them, and you didn't even wash them that often. I feel like... The customers didn't go to Levi's and say, "Oh, yeah. we want fifteen different washes." No, that's what I was going to say. Levi's, it was a, it was like a company decision. Wait, wait, wait. We're talking about Levi's. We're meant to be together. I know, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, I, I feel like that is just bullshit. Customers I mean, like, don't ask for fifteen hey, different sh- hey. sh- shades of jeans. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, see, it's like this whole thing with like ripped jeans. All of a the sudden, they started producing ripped jeans with like three percent elastin in them. You guys, and that's absolutely crazy. It's so it's, it's original it's denim a, is hundred percent cotton. No random shit in your denims. That's going. Let me just tell you that, and it's not okay. If you want ripped jeans, just buy a pair of good jeans and really rip them. Well, yourself. just oh, just go into no, your closet and rip out. the jeans you that you already got. Oh, they're but gonna like, rip anyway. Or like I did. Like I did, I got my my dad's old uh, Levi's 501s and he sort of wore them out for me and I thought they looked amazing. (laughs) That's the thing with denim. You don't need to wash them that often. You just pop them in the freezer, you guys. That's it. I'm not even joking. It's true. You pop your denims in the freezer, it kills all the bacteria and it doesn't damage the fabric. Mm. But then, uh, what, and it's clean? Yeah, yeah, it's clean. You get a stain off. This is. It doesn't get the stains off, but it's clean. It's a clean stain. Well, if you don't get the stain off, how the fuck am I gonna get my stains off? As a previous denim geek, yes, what Plushy said is hundred percent true. Like you do not need to wash jeans that often. Because, like you were saying, nobody asks for these. Like the fashion company just pushes them on you because no one woke up one day yeah. and was like, "I now want to pay three pound for a black T-shirt from a fashion brand." Like Primark just came along and gave you that. Yeah, you know, so and Primark is also and, uh, giving you the option of buying five T-shirts for the price of three. 
uh, what kind of bullshit is that? And I'm not saying like because we all need to buy clothes because you simply just can't go out the streets naked. I know it would be amazing, I wish we and could, I would though. I would love that honestly, you guys. But it's, it's it's in this not weather. Possible. Yeah, are you mad? Air it out. My skinny frail body would freeze to death in a minute. Oh no, can you imagine that? Yeah. (laughs) Your poor nipples. Anyway, anyway, moving on. Just read a book, you guys. You're gonna feel much better about. <laughs> you, you let us. Okay. You, you make us look like we're not reading books. I read. Not you. Four I'm books just, a day. I'm just okay. talking to those people that <laughs> feel better about themselves by consuming 15 pairs of jeans. Or we all of us sat here. All three of us sat here. We do it now. We all do it. So I think it's now more than ever is important that we're all like, 100%. okay, we all need to wake up and we all need to back. It's very, very serious. Yeah. And now is the time when we all need to start making a difference. I bought this top three years ago that I'm wearing now. Yeah, I know. But you've also just received a uniform yes, of new clothes. Yes, did from yesterday. our legacy. Completely. But what, what is, obviously this is exactly what we're talking about. Most of the brands that I received free clothes from are 100% sustainable brands. You giggled them. Yeah, of course. I'm making I'm making woke choices here. Well, right, good. Anyway, and I didn't pay for so, them. While nearly 70% of the world is covered by water, only 2.5% of it is fresh water. So you've got 97.5% oh of it is like seawater and there's only 2.5% of it is actually fresh water. Polyester is the most popular fabric that's used for fashion. But when polyester garments are washed in domestic washing machines because this is also a factor that you don't really think about like every time you wash your clothes because like you were saying washing jeans obviously isn't a good thing to do but washing all your clothes all the time isn't a good thing to do because most of the clothes contain polyester and polyester is a type of plastic so then when you're washing your clothes you put in those small micro fibers of like plastic into the water system which then you drink in, which then goes into our crops that are being grown, which then goes into the sea, back into like the fish that we're eating and goes all the way up the food chain. To avoid this, either wash your clothes less or hand wash. Going well, we into... have to put in mind the, the, the amount of water that we use as well, of course. Sorry, did I just kill your whole... No, no, because you're actually right. Because when you said I was like, yeah, you're actually I'm just, right. I'm just thinking here, because when you said that, I was like, yeah, definitely. But wait, how much water do we use when we hand wash and how much water do we use when we put it in the machine washing machine? Wash, yeah. yeah, machine wash. Yeah, no, that's it's just a little thought that I got. As we speak freely here, no. In a free space. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're saying like avoid synthetic fabrics such as polyester, nylon, uh, acrylic, because they're the ones that contain the most microfibers. Mm. So if you could avoid those at all costs, that would be ab fab. And the thing is as well, like polyester makes you sweat more you know that oh, it right? does i didn't know that yeah it does it does it does because it doesn't th- breathe synthetic fabric that doesn't yeah, breathe yeah. yeah it doesn't breathe as much as for as compared to let's say cotton also doesn't absorb water so that's right. why it's used in spots where because oh, really? you sweat and then the sweat just evaporates it doesn't get sucked in uh, oh, to really? the fabric i learned something new today clever i didn't know that either mm, you're welcome ding a staggering 10,000 items of clothing are being sent to landfills every five minutes, which is equivalent to 140 million pounds a year. Mm. So obviously a big issue. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Mm. Like every what? Every five minutes, 10,000 items. Oh my gosh. Let's speak about major brands that you should avoid. So the top one is Uniqlo. <gasps> Pourquoi? Boycott. Unfollow on the gram, unfollow from Twitter, unfollow from Facebook. Uniqlo. Uniqlo. <gasps> mm-hmm. Why is that? 
because they have bad working conditions for the workers. Oh. Okay. And obviously they're, well, these are all fast fashion. So I'm not going to be saying because obviously they're producing so many clothes because obviously we know how many are clothes. Are we talking about the workers in on a fabrication level? Excuse yeah. me? Or workers in the retail? Fabrication level. level. Okay. So when obviously they're making the clothes. So yeah. Victoria's Secrets is obviously another um, brand that you should avoid because they're so proud to push that all their cotton is organic and fair trade, but it's illegally picked by children. <gasps> so you need to avoid Victoria's God, I keep Secrets. Learning so many, I learned so many things today. Thank you, H&M is low paid wages and it copies models from high end brands. <gasps> now that we knew already. <laughs> that we already knew because H&M yeah. is just H&M for yeah. starters. H&M. <laughs> Primark. Obviously, they have terrible conditions in the workshop in Bangladesh. It was also, which I spoke about episode two, when it was on about when the building collapsed in oh Bangladesh. Oh my God, yes. That, that, was, that was Primark related crazy. as well. I think like over 2,000 hey, people uh, died, 1,000 people fill was injured. Fill me in. What? So what? A building collapsed? Yeah, so yeah. basically a building was constructed, like a factory was constructed really quick in Bangladesh. It was like over six floors. They was making the textiles and the materials and then one of the people that they were selling them to was Primark. Right. But it was constructed so quickly that the reinforcements was really bad. The materials really bad. The working conditions really bad. They overcrowded it by like 150% of capacity. Oh, so when Can it finally imagine? collapsed, I think it was like 2,300. It was 1,600 people who died. And then 2,300 people was injured. injured. When yeah. was this? Was it recently? Maybe like 2016, I think. Yeah. Oh my I'm going to say four or five years ago. ASOS, obviously massive fast fashion brand. Mm. Um, I can't believe we haven't touched Asus earlier in this episode, to be honest. But I mean, they're all the same, like Topman, Topshop with Ryland, yeah, Pretty Asos, Little Things, pretty little thing. Guys, Nike, first. Adidas, let's, let's be honest. They're I all. feel like all of them are in the same category and there's a lot of luxury brands also that are in the same pot with They're all sometimes these other even brands. worse, let me tell you. Mm. The, f- the actual the- like high-end ones. Yeah, there's yeah. there's so much waste. Um, I have an inside source that has confirmed the fact that Nike, on the final sale of the product, so you know when when you have a Nike outlets mm-hmm. and this product that goes to the outlet, yeah, the trainers and the product that never never sells past the the outlet gets cut into pieces and gets thrown into the rubbish bin. Yeah, so you can't wear it. So How you can't wear horrible it. is that? Like, Why would they do that? Because they, they don't want it to homeless charities. Yeah, they could donate. They to don't want their brand school. to be associated oh with homelessness or poverty or anything like that. Oh Isn't that the same God, with Chanel? That makes me so angry. Don't Chanel do the same thing because Chanel know, never have, have a sale. That never the items are never on sale. Yeah, but Chanel is not the only luxury brand who doesn't do sale. Gucci no, no. doesn't do sale. Louis Vuitton doesn't do sale. But I swear someone was saying the same about Chanel as they shred all the clothing up afterwards so nobody they can wear it. They all shred the clothing that doesn't sell. Um, so carry on with this. So you got Zara that's been accused of using migrant workers in Brazil to work in slave-like conditions. Look at that. Forever 21 is even worse than Zara, Uniqlo and H&M. I mean, let's just now speak about how we can, as a world change... And as an everyday person, you can change because at the end of the day, not one person is going to be able to fix this issue. So it's down to every single person, make a slight impact, a slight change. How big or small is going to be a good change. Obviously, the the bigger, the better, of course. But I mean, you've got new materials nowadays, such as you you, you can make a leather out of the leaves of pineapples. You can make leather out of mushrooms. 
Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. So the brand is called <laughs> Vin and Omi and they use a bunch of different sustainable methods of making fabrics. One of them being leather made out of tree mushroom. And they also um, make fabrics out of this plant that stings you. Cactus. No, it's a bit more herby. I know the Swedish word for you it. You make tea. Uh, and, and nettle. Nettles. Yeah. Oh, nettles. Yeah, they yeah. make fabrics wow. out of nettles where they pick nettles, they strip them off their leaves, and then they um, strip fiber by fiber by fiber by fiber. Then they mash them up and then they roll them back into thread. And That's amazing. I never knew wow. nettle. And nettles it's, like everything's possible, you guys. Also, there is a lot of natural dyes that you can use to dye fabrications, mm. like turmeric and so on and so forth. That's so clever. That doesn't wash out, though. Um, it would wash out eventually, but I feel like that's something that us as consumers also um have to embrace. Yeah, of course. Like washing less is a massive we can't thing that just, we can do, of course. If, yeah. if we want it's to save wear this, and tear. Exactly. If yeah. we want to if we want to save this planet, we should also embrace that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, also put aside out of the box, fresh off the box look that everyone yeah. wants to always have. I mean, so obsessed with there's materials that you can make out of uh, fish skin, fish scales. The other thing with yes. that, obviously, I question like the ethical reasons. If it, is it really that ethical to, you know, because how many fish do you need to kill to make a piece of clothing? Well, you can grow the fish, especially for that, if you have and to. And no, to me, I just feel like in that case, use the whole fish, like eat it and then use with the leftover well. skin. Yeah. yeah. You've got obviously wool. It's not really a bad thing to do because you're not, you're not killing an animal to use the wool and there is sustainable ways and Agreed. there is ways where you, if you do welfare standards correctly, it's a good material to use. Mm. Good quality, long-lasting wool, for sure, anyway. Um, linen is a plant-based material. Yeah. That's obviously a really good thing to start looking at now. Mm. So let's just speak positively of how you can obviously change as well. I feel like for every one item you bring into a wardrobe, it'd be good to take four items out and do something with those four items. If you sell them, you recycle them, you swap them. A list of ways that you could potentially change as well, that you can save the planet. That's going to be very productive. So here's our seven ways to save the planet. Boom. Buy fewer clothes. Get more wear out of the clothes that we have. Stop chucking claws in the bin. Wow, this is the longest one. <laughs> Avoid plastic materials. Brackets. Ask the Environment Secretary for a new law to end pointless plastic pollution. Many of our clothes contain plastic like polyester, nylon, acrylic, and polyamide. In fact, most new fabrics are made of plastic. Up to 64% of them. 64? Can you Close imagine? Brackets. Can you imagine? So, so you just do avoid plastic materials. Sixty-four percent of our clothing contains that. Oh, I just read that for you not to fucking use it. You actually <laughs> no, you say that too. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, I get my heart and soul. Right, go on, they carry that on. Was so well, carry on, they carry so on. Wash clothes less and do more hand washing when it does come to washing clothes. Recycle clothes which can go from giving them to charity shops, taking them to recyclable donation points, recyclable bins. <laughs> you're absolutely kidding me. This is like, I can't believe and you're this. Getting, do you want me to Guys, do it? Guys, in number seven. <laughs> swap clothes with your friends or go along to swapping clothes events that are happening throughout the country. You can find the nearest one just by simply Googling nearest clothes swap near me. 
Also, selling on websites such as eBay, Depop, and Vinted are a very good way of helping the planet. I'm on Depop, by the way. Shout out to Depop, yes. And what is important as well is when you're buying something, just check the label and make sure it doesn't have anything that's plastic related. Basically, what I want to end this topic with is that if you're buying something at a lower price from fast fashion brands, don't buy it. You are responsible and you are contributing to the death, illness and suffering of people in the world. And the punishment for that is death. (laughs) (laughs) By fashion. Imagine the... (laughs) Imagine the cash that you put in the sales assistant's hand is a knife and the cash that goes inside the till is the knife that goes inside the planet. Oh my God, that's so Boom. heartbreaking. But that's a good one. That makes you yeah. realize, like, what the fuck are we doing? Okay, so it's Simeon's sex question. And today I'm asking the boy. So, Plushie, tell me about how you lost your virginity. But you can do topping or bottoming. Well, this is, is both at the same time. This is quite scandalous because I'm actually still a virgin. <laughs> no, just joking. I mean, clearly joking. I clarify that he's definitely not. BS! <laughs> I call lies! <laughs> There used to be this website that was probably very popular in Eastern Europe. It was called Gay Roulette. No, just kidding. Oh my it God. was called <laughs> GayRoulette.net. It was called High Five. No? Never heard of it. Was just it like Gay about? Roulette? No, no, no. High Five was like before Facebook. And there was a lot of coding involved. So you can change the theme. Imagine like a Facebook profile, but like very personalized. Oh, like so Bebo can, in the UK. The, the yeah, Bebo, you used to exactly. create your own website. So you can oh, have like your no, own picture Pixel, as Pixel. the background oh, yeah, yeah, of your Bebo, page. Pixel. You know, you can have your own, yeah, yeah, a, yeah. a picture of your choice as the background of your page. Anyway, so there was this guy and his name was Marius. And I was 14. He was 16. And <laughs> What's the legal age for sex in Romania? Five. No, just <laughs> That's my favorite number, actually. <laughs> In homosexuality, zero. It doesn't exist. No, I'm, I actually don't know. I think it's 16. My parents went on a little weekend getaway. I was home alone. Mm. He came a few times. <laughs> right. And so did I. He, he was from your hometown and he had, added you as a friend. Yeah. No, he wasn't from my hometown. He was, he was from a town that was very, very close to my hometown. And we had planned this for quite a while. And when my oh. parents left the house, Boom. He just uh, rang, right the, rang the door, doorbell and... And you got on and they're going to ride. And he I went uh, on a plushy ride. Let's just put it that way. Hey, plushy, were you nervous your first time? Was I nervous? Yeah. Well, I wasn't nervous. I was just very excited. But I remember the first time I kissed him was the first time I've ever kissed a boy. And mm. I remember just thinking, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. Feels oh. so good, doesn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah, I was finally gay. <laughs> um, Officially. The sex wasn't that great, to be fair. Obviously, like, you're going to compare it to the sex that you have now as well, which is banging. Oh, my God. God I mean, describe it. Your expectations was from what? Because obviously, you were, your expectations you probably seen was... I wasn't that big on porn back then. 
Oh, so you'd seen what? So I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I was probably watching more straight porn than gay porn. And yeah, it wasn't more or less than what I imagined because I didn't really, I wasn't actually like fantasizing about it. I wasn't, I didn't have any sort of expectations from it. But you knew you wanted to do it. No? Oh, yeah, yeah, we did it. Let me tell Where you that. that. You used lube? No, we used shower gel. <laughs> oh, my God. Imperial leather. This podcast <laughs> is brought to you by Imperial leather. I think it was uh, Nivea, if I'm not wrong. Nivea. Ooh, Nivea. It. We call it um, Nivea Prima. in Romania. It was Prima. great. Yeah. And then at the end of it, he said, I love you. Mm? <laughs> what? And then do you want to hear something else? A week after he said, I have a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and do you want to hear job. another thing? Three years later, I, I met him and his boyfriend. What? Yeah. Like you met them, you bumped into them while you was like. No, they were driving from the seaside and I was in Bucharest. And the seaside of Romania is like two hour, two and a half hours drive from Bucharest, the capital of Romania, who has two million um, people. <laughs> It's not a fucking factoid of Romania, <laughs> but anyway, carry on. But Using if it was, I your own say. Um, and yeah, I was still in touch with him, and he said, "Oh, I'm just driving my boyfriend back from the seaside, and we just wanted to say hi." So the last time you actually saw him was when he was taking your virginity. Yeah, with the same boyfriend that he was with when he fucked me. I don't know. I well. find that a bit weird. I wouldn't like cheat on you and then be like, "Come and meet my boyfriend." I know. But some people are psycho. It's like all Romanians are psychos. But the highlight of the whole <laughs> night when I lost my virginity was that uh, we were cuddling. We were scuddling on the sofa watching TV and eating pizza. And guess who turns up to my flat? Well, my parents' house. My yeah. grandma. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. My God. So let me tell She's you like, story. I made you some cake. This is too much. This is too much. And I'm like, wear my top off on this boy that also has his top off in the fucking living room. This is so much. This is literally, I have had the same situation where I met a guy online and he lived in London and he came and my mum was on holiday. And back in the day, the living room was at the front of the house and my granddad came round and he was like, and I seen a shadow, the, the blinds was closed and I seen a shadow through the blinds. At least you saw the, the fucking blinds, shadow, Simeon. And then he knocked on the door and then I was like, shit. And was literally on the couch, like cuddling. And then my granddad came in and he's like, who are you with? I was like, nobody. That's so weird. That is so weird. And I think at the same time, I was like 17. Yeah. That like you had the same situation, but it was your it's grandma. crazy. I couldn't even hear the, the key going in <sighs> the door because the TV was turned up so loud. So I... It was already too late. She she had opened the living room door. She was in you by then. She was already <laughs> in you. <laughs> With some cake in a fork just shoved oh, up my mouth. Cake. Yeah. Oh, great. Amazing. And that wraps up this week's Simeon sex question. <laughs> let's go because we're all gagging. So let's hit ourselves with some star signs of the week. Plushy master, you want to go first? You want to go with cat? No, I mean, I really don't <laughs> want to go first because last time I proved that I can't read. So okay. <laughs> I'm just going to read you know my what? text first and then I'm going to read it. I'll go <laughs> first. So it's got, it's, uh, I'll go first. So. And I'm doing plushy, which is a Sagittarius. And we're doing Sagittarius sexual fidelity. Mm. So flirting yes. comes as naturally as breathing to most Sagittarians. Very true already. I can... Uh, Agree with that, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're big cheaters. Very good. For them, playing away rarely amounts to more than a bit of naughty banter and general larking around. Most Sagittarians, 
will think twice before actually jumping in bed with somebody other than their partner. Very true. And if they do, they will generally be quite open about it. Despite their frequently indecent behavior, these people are actually quite honest at art. Wow. I love this website. Astroreveal.com. So very, cute. very accurate. Sagittarius's sexual style clicks best with Aries, Gemini, and Leo, and clashes most with Virgo and Pisces. <laughs> that is really not true. So yeah, I, I was gonna. Yeah. I'm a Virgo, just to clarify that. But that's not bad because it's saying you're not a cheater, and I feel like that actually kind of applies because even though you have like this flirtatious personality about you. I would like to think that you actually wouldn't go past that. Yeah, no, it's two very different things. Yeah. We're very like honest. And when we have something good, we really like cherish that a lot and we wouldn't compromise it. We're in it to win it. Boom. Right. So we have now reached climax. Climax. As I am going to read out to you Virgo's sexual fidelity and uh, you're a Virgo, Simi, aren't you? I am indeed. And also, so is Beyonce. And you know who's a... Queen B! Virgo and Sagittarius. Beyonce and Jay-Z. Holler! Ah! Mm-hmm. Right. Rock! So... <laughs> put a rock on my hand. Here we go. You ready, Simeon? Yeah. The good news is that Virgos are rarely guilty of emotional infidelity to a lover. As one of the most cool and detached star signs. <laughs> Wait, I'm making a big deal out of this now. Okay, I'm going to... Have some wine. That last bit of wine I've already had, had some, okay? As one of Too the much. Mo- Ready? Can we just skip the bit where he's a detached star no, sign? Yeah, I know you can tell me I'm detached. I'm like, okay, no, no, I get no, no, it. I'm going to read this I'm out. I'm more detached from society right now. Okay, y'all ready? As one... Okay, I'm going to start from the beginning. The g- <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was a shit ring reader last time. <laughs> I feel so much better about myself oh, now. It's called the confidence peak. <laughs> okay. Hmm. <clears throat> the good news is that Virgos are rarely guilty of emotional infidelity to a lover. As one of the most cool and detached, detached star, star signs, signs <laughs> these people have a hard enough job coping with the feeling aspect of just one relationship never mind two at the same time mm-hmm. Sig- physical <laughs> cheating comes more easily to virgos however if they're not getting enough practice with their regular sexual partner they may indulge their fascination for quirky methods and techniques by experimenting with the quickie affair beware plushy <laughs> well that's impossible because yeah. i'm an infomaniac so yeah because i'm not say, gonna it's the other way around whereas like push is always like trying to put it on me and i'm just like oh babe no leave me alone yeah <laughs> y'all ready virgo sexual compatibility virgo sexual style clicks best with taurus Capricorn and Pisces and clashes most with Gemini and Sagittarius. Let me just tell you, I'm of Gemini and Pashi is Sagittarius. Why do you hate us so much? He's not he's a star, it's not me. Jesus. It's just just Why don't you wanna fuck us? Why? Why Why are you so against? That's weird though, because what was the last What's wrong with you? (laughs) Wait, what was the last bit? I just, I'm loyal. Basically, the conclusion of no. all this is you're both sluts. Sex with a Gemini. Oh, that's me. The bear facts. Bear facts. Bear. If you 
Yeah, you get it. Take a rain check on Gemini if you're looking for hard stopping sex of the deep and meaningful kind. <gasps> Promise and start. As the mutable mm. air side for Gemini's, love is primarily about a meeting of minds. Its passions don't tend to run high. Although with its fondness for change and variety, it can be quite innovative in trying out different sexual techniques and positions. Oh my God, this is amazing. I want to have sex with you right now. Hard <laughs> to pin down and with a preference for quantity over quality. <laughs> I know yeah, how the tables have turned, you fucking whore. Gemini is a sign that avoids getting too deeply involved in its love affairs and giving of itself completely in sex. Is it afraid of true intimacy? Question mark. Well, maybe in that full commitment to just one person might just threaten to clip its butterfly wings. Right. That was good. I'm a slut. Clearly a massive hoe. <laughs> I'm a hoe. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> you like to connect with people. Because, yeah, I don't know if this goes along with what you just said, but I, I'm i struggling to have sex with someone that I don't have an emotional connection with because in my world, good sex is having sex with someone that you can like emotionally mm-hmm. connect and communicate with. sex with a mind as well, not yeah, just that. Of course, it's yeah. so important. And communicate. Gemini's sexual style clicks best with Libras, Sagittariuses, and Aquariuses, and clashes most with Virgos and Pisces. So we could actually have sex together. Oh my god! I like, think it's finally you, going to You don't to know, happen. like, or you do know that I basically wanted to have sex with you, like, since the day I first met you. But it obviously hasn't been happening yet. And pause. Just want to, you know, get off my man. Um, I have no idea. Do you want to get the fuck out now? I have no idea what you're talking about. Get Don't out. worry, like he's he's declined me so many times, and I keep on trying. I keep see me with those hands. Gemini's never give up, but uh-uh. he's uh, that's the thing though. Like I'm never gonna give up. However, he's never gonna give in. Exactly so. so. <laughs> <laughs> Find a losing battle, girl. Find so a losing it's battle. Lost course. Let me ask you a question, Kat. Nailed it. Have you yeah. ever snapped a guy's banjo? Wait, what's a banjo? The guitar? Mm. <laughs> I can show you what a banjo is. Can you show me right now? It's like a banjo string, so like... Oh, that's what... Oh, yeah. On the back of the penis head. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, Not that I know of. Obviously, I would know since it would be bleeding and shit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah no, I haven't. Have you? Why would you ask me something like that? Like, well, poor since guy. You're about sex, why not? Because it's a natural thing that kind of happens. I've heard, I've heard. Like, I've mm-hmm. had friends telling me stories, like both male and female friends telling me that. But, um, no, no, I, I've learned a new word today. It's called banjo. I That's, think it's slang. I'm not actually yeah, sure. I, what yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't I mean, even it's know the banjo string. That's like an actual string from a guitar, but. Oh, I, yeah, to, to answer you that, yes, I have broken my banjo string. I was 18 no, when not it your, happened. Yours is not broken. It, it, well, it's more broken than it used to be. But to just um, enlighten everybody who's listening to your beautiful podcast, Simeon, banjo string is the frenulum, the fine length of skin on the underside of the penis, linking the fireman's helmet to the foreskin and main shaft, sensitive but also vulnerable during rough sex. Oh, oof, they had oof, to oof. put rough sex in there? So it only happens during rough sex? Well, That's it's not an true, urban though, is term. It? Yeah. No, but like having rough, it doesn't only happen, but obviously having rough sex 
I mean, to break. be fair, my banjo didn't break while yeah, was having still. rough sex. Well, it did break a bit, as I, mean, I said before. I've investigated it with it, my tongue and it, it seems bl- intact. It bled anyway. quite heavily <gasps> on that makes you feel sick. Egyptian cotton sheets. <gasps> oh, it's Giovanni Versace? <laughs> no, I think his name was Jack. <laughs> British, I guess. Jack's Egyptian sheets. <laughs> Outrageous. In Scarborough. So. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Get rid I of mean, Scarborough. I'm on a roll. We Keep don't go about Scarborough. Like, I'm in such so a, let I'm me like, ask... I'm, I'm funny now. Like, I'm funny. She's on it now. Yeah. 25 minutes before we have to finish. <laughs> I'm not always funny, you see. <laughs> I want to listen to all the gay <laughs> sex stories. <laughs> <laughs> Let me oh ask this my question. god i'm gonna take it all in Sorry. when yeah. do you think they're also so this is like another like the water question when they're gonna stop recycling the water when are they gonna stop burying people because we're, there's already so much landfill to do with rubbish to have to do with clothing and there's only a matter of time where there's not enough room for people to be buried. So when at the point where they're going to say, sorry, we can't bury anyone anymore. You're going to have to be cremated. It's a thing that's going on around the world. Is there's no more burials in the ground. It's all cremation. Because where are you going to keep putting these people? I don't know where they're going to put them. Well, back. I was just going to say, just make them into ashes. Like, yeah. that's yeah. how I, like, when I die, when I hope it's not that soon. But, like, I don't want to be on the ground. I want to, I want my, like my friends and family to just spread my ashes like out in the sea or something. Mm-hmm. I want my friends and families to make me, cause you can make like a piece of jewelry from your yes. ashes and have like a oh, necklace yeah. with, my, with like so being there. I want to be like a that. necklace. Yeah. So That's good. what I want. Or a ring, you be fashion? or a bracelet. Yeah. In a sustainable way, of course. A sustainable necklace, of course. A sustainable necklace, not like not a fast fashion necklace. Uh-oh. Jesus. <laughs> Do I like someone that doesn't read a book? As Pushy would say. No, you don't. I read five books a day. And also, can I just say, Hackney Town Hall is running this program that is called Read Easy. And it helps people who can't read get lessons, get reading lessons. And it's just a great opportunity to help people who haven't had the chance to learn how to read uh, for different reasons. Hackney Church. Hackney Hackney, Hackney Town Hall. Hackney Town Hall. Hackney. Check that out. So let's move on to our next topic, which is FGM. So FGM stands for female genital mutilation, which is also known as female genital cutting and female circumcision. Basically, it's the ritual when they'll cut the external female genitals. So like obviously you've got the labia and the clitoris that they'll cut off. At the moment, it's being practiced in like Africa, Asia and the Middle East mainly in African countries. I mean, there's four different types of FGM. Yeah, so basically there's type one, which is called clitoridectomy. Yeah, so they cut off your clit, basically. Yeah, which is removing of the clitoris. Mm, there's type, type two, which is called excision, which is removing part or all of the clitoris and the inner labia. So it's removing the inner labia, but without touching the removal of the outer labia. So the inner labia is like the small lips, the outer labia is the bigger lips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you got type three, which is called infibulation, which is narrowing the vagina opening by creating a seal formed by cutting and then it's then stitched up. So that's the one that you was referring to. So basically think of, so like the size of a straw or like, you know, when you take like a pen and you pull out the, the ink cartridge, like a long like biro or something like that. And then you have that plastic shell left. 
Mm-hmm. It's like that size of a hole that it leaves. So they stitch it up and it's like that size of a hole, which causes issues later on in life. And the fact is like, even when you're peeing, you have such a small hole to peel from, pee from. So it's like dripping down. So and you get UTIs. Yeah. So you get uh, urine tract infections. Urinary tract infection. Okay. U-R-I-N-A-R-Y. Urinary. Yeah. And then it also causes issues when they're menstruating because obviously there's not a big enough hole for the blood to flow out of naturally. So that's like another issue it's causing. It's not a specific like procedure, but it's just like an umbrella term under other harmful procedures that are used for to cut female genitals, including pricking, piercing, cutting, scraping, or burning of the area. Obviously, type 3 is the worst one because what they do is they cut the, the labia lips off, they cut the clitoris off, and then they stitch them up, and then they just leave a small hole. This whole FGM is deeply rooted in many cultures, and it's often known as a rite of passage. So it's not like it's a, it's not necessary, it's not a religious thing because there's nowhere in any religious book says that it has to happen. It's a yeah. cultural thing. Mm-hmm. And they believe that a girl having this done purifies them and then they're ready, then ready to be given to a man for marriage. And once they have it done, they're known as like for a purified an arranged virgin. marriage. Yeah, for an arranged marriage. Because the thing for me as well, which is just worse, is mums will push, will pretty much make the daughters have it done usually between the ages of like four and nine. So they're literally little girls before they hit puberty and they've got no choice. They get pinned down to like a table. They're using sometimes the same knife. They're not washing the knife, which means that then there's also chances of STI spreading, chances of HIV spreading to them as well, because obviously it's happening in second world countries where these people that are doing it are known as the cutters. They've not got any medical background. They're not using any anesthetic. So you're literally having your labia and clitoris cut with no anesthetic, which is must be the most painful thing ever. And the parents are pushing on this because once they have it, their child is seen more valuable. So that when oh. they sell them off, which is usually, so you sign off this 12 year old girl that has just gone through female genital mutilation. You sell him off to an older man. And I mean, older, older man. And first of all, can we just ask, why are you trying to sell your child? Because you're coming from a second world country where- Poverty, no? You're coming from poverty. We won't be able to understand it as easily because we don't go through it you know yeah. we don't see it so we yeah, don't know what it's enough. like yeah. but obviously what it sounds like is obviously the children are just seen as currency and if you can put more currency on your child which is them having this fgm and being at a younger age an upgrade you can, really increase yeah, you can the sell value them. of yeah, your you daughter a human they were being say, they were saying basically in the kenyan village that if the daughter never had fgm and they were trying to sell her sometimes they'll get me like three cows or they'll just give her to a potential man that is much older but if the daughter is 12 years or below and she's had had fgm they probably get around 30 cows for it oh my god i'm just in pain right now like my vagina is in pain right now for all those girls out there like oh my god i don't even know yeah i'm i was talking to someone about this and they are from egypt Mm -hmm. and i know they said it happened to their mother and then their mother decided to do it on their little sister how long ago were we speaking? We're talking a few years back, so quite recent. Mm-hmm. This was in Egypt as well. Yeah, the mother said she's considering on doing it on their little sister, so on my friend's little sister. Mm-hmm. And my friend said, "No way, you're going to go ahead with this. I'm not going to allow." Of course. This. Then the mom said, "Well, yeah, but my mom has had it. Her mom has had it. I have had it." All the women that I know in my family have had it. Therefore, I feel like it would be good for your sister, my daughter, to have it as well. And then my friend said, definitely not. The mom decided not to do it based on her son's opinion.
opinion. Yeah, and this is a thing that's actually quite iconic at the moment is there's a lot of men that are actually rooting for the fact that it shouldn't be done. Um, I mean, yeah. you have men in certain cultures that are saying they wouldn't ever marry a woman that hasn't had it done. But there's also a lot of, mainly in Kenya as well, a lot of tribes that are happening and, and the men are saying that no because they're having their daughters and they're having their sisters die because of this procedure and they're seeing what it's going through and they're realising that there's not a, a plus side there's no there's no positive for this to happen at all i don't have enough knowledge about this but i would just like to know who came up with this originally who came i mean to me i'm like if you're going to take it one step further like who and when and where how did they come up with like oh let's do this to the female vagina like let's you know i don't understand like it just doesn't make sense to me like well, i think you have the answer they... to that question because i feel like a woman would never come up with such a decision yeah yeah no exactly i i know or i hope that everyone who listens to this agree with me like it's just complete madness is madness yeah and it's 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 such a horrible way to suppress a woman a girl who's not even a become child. a woman a, a child. child like what wait what like you know, and they kind of like sort of taking advantage of this person. This girl does not have her own will. Uh, uh, well, I feel like in I'm this sorry, context, what matters the most like... is the will of the man who's marrying this particular child or woman, if we can yeah. call them that. And the will of this man is that they want someone who is not as sexually active as they are and a woman who would not cheat on them or have any sort of sexual desires outside of the marriage. This being translated through the mutilation of the vagina. Is there any history like in the past where women have decided, oh, yeah, we're going to like cut off men's dicks or we're going to sew them the, the penis together so that they won't be able to come until they come inside me? Like, you exactly. know, it's like, what? It's not the <laughs> no, only that hasn't happened, has it? The only thing that you can say is close to that is uh, male circumcision, but that's yeah. based upon medical reasons. Yeah, that's for or hygiene religion. reasons. Or religion or religion reasons, religion. yeah. yeah. And, that doesn't, and that causes pain to the man for a temporarily of two weeks obviously while the healing process is going through whereas this is a constant thing because what they actually do once when they cut off a labia and then they cut off a clitoris and they sew her up when oh. she finally has when she's getting married it'll either like naturally rip or they'll cut it open to have sex and obviously these women are not having sex till marriage so there's many cases where she was like my honeymoon was my worst night ever yeah like, was it was the most say, it was how, more painful yeah. than the actual procedure so started say, and then how... they shoved the penis straight uh, straight in after yeah. they've cut it oh basically there's a, such a small hole so they kind of like force it through so like imagine <gasps> and then obviously when they're giving birth if it's not been cut already there's times where the baby has died and the mother has died because the hole's been too small for them because obviously if you're speaking in villages they don't have the medical equipment that we have to be able to cut open a vagina mm. and do all these safe procedures but also why oh yeah i don't know why it, why close it in the first place yeah. like but um it's baffling because I don't understand how I, closing a vagina makes you makes I'm you more pro. I'm really struggling talking about this topic. It's an important topic, and I'm glad that you you bring it up. But I'm oh, it's yeah. And obviously, there's still men within these cultures that believe culture is more important than a woman's view. A woman human can be rights. saying, human "Yeah, rights. literally, like who the hell is someone else to say that what I should do with my body?" 
at, at the age of being a child before I've even gone through puberty and I've even really mm. been able to understand apart from weeing what other uses my vagina could have and what other use my clitoris has and my mm. labia has like who the hell has the right to sit that against a child completely nobody and when these women now because women are running away when the families are saying you need to go and have it done the grandmas are trying to take them to go to the cutter to have it done these girls are running away and they're saying no I don't want to have it done no 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 there was one woman in Somali and she was educating her, her whole tribe and saying that, no, it's not good. Um, giving examples of people dying. She, it happened when her sister died and she literally brought her sister and was like, she's like, this is not okay. We're not doing this anymore. Also, once they're, they have this done, they're pretty much then married off within like six months. So it means that they're taken out of education. So the thing that's being pushed at the moment is that these girls shouldn't be having it done. They need to finish their education, which is more important. They're becoming a lot more powerful, educating other people in the nearby villages, in the towns, their own families. So, sorry, just a little background check before I say what I was going to say. Where is it where this mostly happens? In Africa? You've got Africa, um, you've got Kenya. So, in the world, it's illegal all over the world apart from in Somali. Somaliland okay. has the highest percentage of it happening. Um, and you say Somali because in Sweden you say Somalia. It's not Somalia. No, there's Somali and then Somaliland. Somaliland is completely separate. Somaliland okay. is an Ethiopian... Oh, yeah, country okay. also so, but you can say somalia it's different there's somalian and somaliland yeah no, i was wondering if, if i could if say somalia. somaliland you would do oh yeah i see somaliland here as well autonomous region it's a region of somalia it's a region of somalia yeah but it's it's a self-declared state okay yeah, so it has its it. own laws it's yeah. why i wouldn't say it's somali because yeah it's uh, a region in Somalia. Yeah, but it's like still it's still independent. Wrong. It's still an independent state. Yeah. No, so you're both right, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, but what I was going to say, so there is a, a doctor or even a gynecologist in Somaliland who basically his clinic offers women, mostly girls, unfortunately, who's had to do their FGM to basically help them, like adjust the problem, you know, unstitch the stitches, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And he's obviously doing amazing work there. Mm -hmm. So yes, there is hope. However, of course there's hope. This guy receives death threats daily because of the work that he does. How fucked up is that? Kill straight men. But he's still going <laughs> strong. He's still doing, you know, this is his passion. And like, you know, him and his wife are running this clinic and it's amazing. I unfortunately can't remember the name of him at the moment. And f for doing this work, he has to receive all these death yeah. threats daily because people just don't like what he's doing. They think he's screwing everything up. Like, what are you doing here? Like, and he's, he's a Somalian. He's a Somalian man. Day by day and step by step, people are making changes and realizing that it's not a thing that should be happening. And there's people mm. like that that are needed. And there's also all these women that are now speaking out and they're running away and they're going against it. And they're trying to spread the message to all these other women. They're the really important people that we mm. do need. And the more and more people that are aware, and there is ways that you can kind of help. There's so many petitions and there's so many charities that you can sponsor as well. I was outside Shoreditch Station and there was these two ladies handing out flyers as well for FGM. It's so weird because I'm literally researching within the next couple of days, there's always something that comes. Mm. It's mad. Mm. It's mad as well, law of I, attraction, I like darling. It's like meant to be. It's like, yeah, exactly. But then on the flip side, which is really weird because you obviously have these terrible procedures that are happening to these innocent girls. You have people in this modern Society. world that are actually paying to have the labia cut. 
Yeah, now that's another, yeah. Mm. I actually had a conversation with a couple of friends of mine, like some of them were girls, some of them were guys. And they like the girls start talking about the labias and like mine is so and so and yeah they done like oh I don't like it because they they're like hanging too much outside my vulva blah 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 and then the guy is like being like yeah you know the labias like I I can't stand those kind of labias that are like fucking big it's like so hard to get in there like uh, you know wow and I'm like wait what so there's this thing about like labias being like what a labia should be yeah no me neither and i'm like maybe i've been completely like off the radar i don't know like but i was like the labia labia. (laughs) no but like i've never ever 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 looked at my uh my vagina and be like oh my labia is to this or to that i've just been like this is my vagina and that's what it looks like i think it looks pretty cute you know like yeah um i haven't but is like it, I've never thought about it or, or like questioned it. It's just been there. Is it like a thing that as a straight man you tell a woman, "Oh, darling, I really have to tell you something." Your I've never had a, a man tell me your that. labia's too long. No, I mean, is it as a straight woman you tell a man, "Oh, I have to tell you something. Your dick's too small." Well, I don't know. I feel like it's like it's a matter of how you're putting it. Say if you're having sex with someone who has a small penis and it's not really reaching the spot that you want yeah. to you you want to you know and you kind of just go through reach. the whole sex and then you're just like i'm not going to sleep this person again unfortunately that's what you do i but mean maybe you really like that person i don't know let's just presume you're in in this situation how do you bring this up i think like 99 percent out of all dicks that i've seen are all beautiful in their own way and are you just trying to be very neutral here? No, or no, have no. You've no. just never seen an ugly penis. Okay. I am completely honest. Like they're all beautiful in their own ways. I can't say that all dicks that I've seen in my life have been like super clean and super <gasps> like smelled amazing. Schmegma. That's a different that's a different conversation, maybe for another episode. I don't know. But like and to me when it comes to the size, I don't fucking care. What? Like, I do not care. Like, it doesn't matter if it's big or small or medium or whatever, however you define big or however you define small or whatever. As soon as you know what to do with it, if you have a massive fucking dick, if you don't know what to do with it, what am I going to do with it? No, but I also feel like if someone has a small dick, there's only so much you can do with it. So I don't know. I feel like you're just trying to be very like, oh, I love uh, everybody's penis is beautiful and everyone I should love their I own do, body parts. I do I mean, sincerely I, think so. Unless like they don't smell bad, unless they keep it clean. Unless you keep, I mean, as, oh, sorry, as soon as you keep it clean. You know what I mean? Which should be all the time. Completely bonkers here. Please tell well, me, I like, you know, know dicks as no, well. Like, I feel like everyone has preferences when it comes to people they like to sleep with or penises they like to put inside of them or vaginas that they like to penetrate. I feel like someone might like a certain type of penis. A different someone might like a particular type of labia. Yeah, fair enough. No? Mm. Maybe I'm just being and too... That's like, I mean, maybe know, you're I blessed just... with a good labia as well, so you never had a reason to question yours. Do you want to see my labia? Should I show no. it to you? Like, I don't know. <laughs> no. Like, as I said, I've never even thought... <laughs> is like, no. Uh, no, but like, I've just never thought of my labia before. And, and until like my, some of my friends started talking about it. I was like wait is this actually a thing because like, I've also had a friend as well and she said the same thing that where she feels like she's got her outer labia is quite big as well so that's something that mm-hmm. she felt slightly insecure about mm-hmm. and she's the only person though that's ever See, said it so it's a thing that's it's so a sad. thing it's a very common thing yeah but I mean 
is it that much of an issue where you would pay to surgically get it removed? You know it's the mean? same thing. It's just, Sorry to interrupt, but like it's the same thing as like Asian women wanting to go into surgery to make their eyes look more Western. Is it not a similar kind of thing? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, oh, labias are supposed to look like this. Well, I Eyes are supposed to look like plas- this. Every plastic you know. surgery can be, you know, put in the same category. Mm. But I feel like there are different... Um, reasons yeah. Yeah, for no, that I particular yeah. to have that particular plastic surgery done i don't know it's but you know what at the end of the day you have a labia your friend has a long labia and that's it we all have a labia and at the same time well, you there don't. are women well i don't have a labia <laughs> you might <laughs> well you never, you never know, know right? when it's gonna grow out but the thing <laughs> is um is uh, some people don't have labias because their genitals are being mutilated And as far as I'm concerned, I wasn't even educated on this matter up until a few months ago. Mm. And still kids in the UK are actually not being educated on this particular matter because ever since the UK decided to provide kids with sexual education in school, FGM wasn't even included. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But as a world, we all the teachings that happen inside our country. In history, we will. But when it comes to sexual education and other topics, we only teach them what's going on inside our own country. And that's why as British people, I feel like we're quite lazy people and we're sometimes quite ignorant to what's going on outside the world. Like, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like if my kid came back from school and said, Daddy, Daddy, today I learnt about, you know, Kenya and we found out that women there have their genitals mutilated for whatever reason. I'd think, yeah, this is a bit, my kid is probably a bit, a little bit shooketh right now. But at the same time, he is very woke to what's very, going on in the world. And yeah, he, and he is very yeah. prepared to maybe, you know, make a change in that Hopefully, aspect yeah. one day. Mm. Yeah. I feel like that would be amazing. Uh, um, you know, well, I mean, I like to think that like, obviously age for a child to learn about these things. When we have a kid, it won't be, he won't be coming home to say that because it would already been. This we would already have like a oh on yeah. the wall. Can I, I would just put up be, this podcast. Can I please be on to cat? That's of like, course. you know, every time like when you want to have some time off, like your kid goes hang out with cool auntie cat who's got like all, all the these like coats. suede <laughs> fringe coats and being like, hey kid, wanna play? <laughs> <laughs> with a glass of I wine, my, just like just walk me down my, the stairs I'll in a runway. Like, yeah, well, let's go watch the movie. I'm going to get some bottle of wine with me. Let's look at my 60 Etsy tabs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I can't wait to be like cool auntie cat. Iconic. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> so this hey, wraps honest. up our last episode with Christmas Classy for Why Aren't Thou? And I just want to say thank you so much for both of you coming on. I really appreciate it. For me, it's a nice experience to be able to share this with my boyfriend and my friend. And I am looking forward to doing more episodes with friends and see where this grows. And you two have been very, very supportive of this podcast from the start. You helped me with my jingle, which I want to shout out for you for that. Because without you, I wouldn't have my... (laughs) So thank you so much. And before I go, I just want to say search Chris McClatty on Spotify. You guys on Apple Music? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And listen to the new remix, remixes of Suffocate, which was released last week. So I have been Simeon Taylor, and we are Crisp and Classy. And this is Why Aren't Thou, Episode Four.
Peace out. Bye, bitches. Love you, Sammy girl. Love you, boy. What came first, the chicken or the egg? The mm, cock. Still debating that. <laughs> cock came first. The cock came first. Came in the chicken. Plushy, you're so fucking wise. So like, dirty. So like Adam and Eve came first, right? Adam and Steve, babe. Boom. Babe, babe. <laughs> uh, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, no, so I mean, I feel dinosaur. like, I feel like but that wasn't one of the dinosaurs. options. It's like when someone asks you, "Do you want Coke or Sprite?" and you say Fanta. Wait, what? What am I? Mean? Yeah, true, but I'm also just a lab. Mm, true. Right, so let me have my answer. What's <laughs> the <laughs> <laughs> <a> fucking question? <laughs> Are you from Manchester? What, Jesus. what came first, the chicken or the egg? The dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> me.